to turn up at 6.30. You're going to have to come every week. You're going to have to do a presentation. Like, oh, I'm not going to. It sounds like a horrendous thing. Why would I want to do that? 6.30, I don't get up until 8 o'clock. And one member there has given uh, a referral to a charity who's a member of the group, which is worth 300000 a year to him. The quickest group that was ever launched was about five or six weeks. So we want you to be the fastest group um, in Portugal launching. And he said, you've got five hours. Today on the Engaging Marketeer podcast, I am interviewing Terry Hamill. Terry has been in BNI since the 90s and was the regional director for BNI Merseyside, BNI Cheshire, and other regions throughout the UK. Terry is now running BNI in Portugal, having founded BNI in Portugal several years ago. I'll be speaking to Terry about how he's done that, why he's done that, and how BNI chapters and BNI franchise owners should be running their BNI regions to make success for their themselves and for their members and for their businesses. So I'm here, I'm available for you, and uh, you're going to lead the way, right? So I'm happy to go either way, whatever way you want to go. I, I, I am, yeah. I mean, as you know, I, I interviewed Ivan Meisner. A couple yeah. of weeks ago, and, and that podcast went out, and, and and me and Ivan disagreed on a lot of things to do with B and I, which was I, I wasn't expecting that to happen, to be honest with you. So I've got a few things I wanted to ask you about the way I think B and I should work and the way it okay. does work. Um, but first off, I wanted to know what, what what first got you into it. What was your first experience of B and I? So, I mean, if you kind of rewind the whole the whole story. So I was kicked out of school at 15 in Glasgow. I hated school. School hated me. I had, uh, I had zero qualifications. And the only job that I could get, actually, well, it, came, it landed on my lap as I became a Saturday boy in a hairdressing salon with my brother. My brother was also uh, not academic, as they say. And he got a job in a hairdressing salon. So I ended up going in there, sweeping the floor, and ended up loving the whole thing with clients. So fast forward to 1998, I was running a hairdressing group, a training group, and a furniture group that was in Liverpool at the time. A lot of things happened, by the way, to get to that point, but that's the, that's the point. And the furniture company said, look, we would love you to be the company networker. Go out, meet people, bring business in, and just, I said, okay. And I never really heard of networking, ever. It was never really on our agenda. And uh, so I started to look for what's out there, what's happening. And then there was a thing called the Business Network, which was like a once a month lunch. It was really nice, really well organized. And um, I was kind of at my at the end of my road with this stuff because I never got anything. It was like people were just, there was loads of folks just selling to each other in tables. It was like a total waste of time for me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I went there, and this really nice guy called Alistair Salmon, uh, sounds like a politician, but he said to me, um, what do you do? And I said, well, we, uh, we make furniture. He said, okay. And he opened up this little red, uh, tiny little red card file when we used to have physical card files. And he was like, open it up. And he took a business card out, and he said, look, here's a member of one of my, that I know she does office fits outs and everything like that. I'll get her to call you, don't call her. And I thought, that's okay, that sounds nice. Never expecting to get a phone call or any connection because people generally don't follow up on this sort of stuff. Mm. And she called me and we had a meeting where we sold £26,000 worth of furniture. 
and she was buying her furniture and then shifting it off to clients. And the one question that she asked me completely changed my life. She said, what are you doing next Wednesday? And I said, anything. <laughs> because she was my first order. And I said, okay, come to a meeting. I want to introduce you to my colleagues. And I thought, okay, great. What time? She said, seven. I said, perfect. I'll have my dinner and I'll come to Manchester. <laughs> I was living in Liverpool and this was Altrium. This was the original Altrium chapter. I said, okay, so I'll, you know, I'll drive after dinner. She said, no, no, seven o'clock in the morning. I said, what? I said, I've never heard of that. She said, no, come. So I said, okay. She never told me anything about it. I walked into the Altrium Hotel. I think it's still there. I walked down the corridor thinking, what the hell am I doing? It was black. It was dark. What am I doing here at this time in the morning? Six thirty. Yeah, because I'm always early. I'm always first. I'm always early. Walked down the corridor. And there's a colourful lawyer there with a bright shirt. I only know he's a lawyer now because he came to my wedding and we're becoming good friends. And the first thing he says was £10. <laughs> I was like, okay, so £10. said, so, yeah, okay, right, in you go. I was like, wow, what an experience. What the hell is going on here? Walked into the room and the room was buzzing. There was 36 members of that group. I think at that time, there'd maybe about 10 or 15 people. Then by seven o'clock, everybody arrived. And I decided on that day that I would join. They called me, by the way, which is a good lesson. They called me at two o'clock and said, if you don't join today, we're going to invite another furniture manufacturer to fill your, your spot. So I went back to the owners of the company and said, look, this is great. The vibe is amazing. They're giving business to each other. We've got to be a part of it. So we got a check. Because <laughs> it was checks in 1990. Well, this was 19, yeah, 1998. So it was checks, and I was like, okay. And then I had to come in with the check next week, application form, all paper stuff, and join. And we failed in the first six months uh, because I sold to everybody and didn't understand BNI, didn't understand the concept of it. And uh, it was the architect in the group that said to me. I just want to let you know that the committee is not happy with the quality of your referrals and your presentation sucks. Said so you need to change your ways, otherwise you're going to get kicked out of the group. And I was like, Doug, what do you mean? He said, Well, you're selling to people. Stop selling. Like, stop talking about your sofas. What you want to do is think about who are good strategic alliances for that rather than sell, because people aren't going to buy. Because our sofas were on average six to eight grand. They were really big, gregarious things. And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, try and ask for specifiers, architects, things like that, because they will buy lots of products. I said, oh, okay. He said, do you know any? He said, yeah, I'm chief architect for Scottish Newcastle Breweries, which owned thousands of pubs. Uh, and he introduced me to them, of which led half a million pounds worth of business done in the next six months of BNI. And I said to him, I said, why didn't you... Why didn't you give me that referral before? You said, well, you never asked for it. <laughs> you sat there and sold every week. And you really love the guy. Everybody likes you. You're really enthusiastic. But you sold to the room. And I was like, wow. And that was the, the point where I realized that I, I completely got the whole B&I thing wrong. And then the franchisee who owned Manchester at the time, a guy called Rod Sloan, said to me, um, I'm thinking about starting Liverpool. Um, what do you think? And I couldn't, I mean, he was a lovely guy, but I couldn't work with him. I said, it's not It's not for me to work with you. But then I contacted his office and started Liverpool. Six months afterwards, I bought Manchester off the road. 
because <laughs> he wasn't suited for it. So I bought Manchester, then Mike Holman, and I started Lancashire. And then I purchased uh, Cheshire, North Wales of Tony Coxhill, and then Scotland, and then Portugal, Brazil, and then that's the that's the story. So I've been doing that for... So we have 2,500 members in Portugal. I've been doing that since 2003. Wow. So because of that one question, like, you know, when people say about inviting people to be alive, because of that one question, that that lady had literally helped me create my dream life. I'm living by the ocean in Portugal because of being alive, because of all the people that I've helped and stuff. So it's... It's a crazy story. So there you go. That's the long answer to the story. So that that one question from that one lady's not just transformed your life; it's transformed the lives of a lot of people who are now members of BNI that wouldn't be because of because of what she asked you. It's crazy. I mean, we did the statistics because our twentieth year in Portugal is next year. Uh, and by the way, as a, as a, that's a funny story about uh, never listening to people. So we will do one billion euros next year. So we're about 998 million. We do about 125 million a year here for the members. So next year, we're going to hit that billion, celebrate it over 20 years. But when I first took the concept of Porto, which is the north of Portugal, I set it up 6.30 in the morning, right? Same thing as Altrigon. It's going to be great. Everyone's going to join. They're going to love it. Three people arrived 45 minutes late and said, this will never work in Portugal. You will never get Portuguese coming to this meeting at this time of the morning. I said, okay, I'm a, of course I'm a believer because I've seen it. Ah, no, no worries, no worries. And three months afterwards, we had the biggest group in Europe uh, because we just said, go for it, go for it, go for it. And we had one guy that joined who brought 17 members to that group alone. He just was one of those drivers where you find a great driver. He understand it because he, he'd studied in America. He understood the whole networking mm-hmm. thing. And then we, we, we set up there. So now we've got, I think, about 125 groups all over the country. So be very careful. If someone tells you you can't do something, take do it twice and send them a selfie. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's really interesting what you said about um, you were originally selling to the room because we still see that a lot, not just in B&I and other networking groups, people selling to the room. And one excuse I've had from people I've invited who, who decide they don't want to go to B&I They'll say things like, I've looked at the list of members and there's no one there useful to me. There's no one there who could be a client of mine. Is it worth even trying to convince somebody like that or is their mindset just so bad that it's, it's not worth it? Yeah, I mean, but you can understand if you've never been to BNI and you, you've heard, because BNI is very confusing for people. It's a, is it an airline? Is it the Bank of Nigeria? For example, I... I stopped the Bank of Nigeria trademarking their bank in Portugal because I owned BNI back in 2003. So people hear the, the letters BNI, BMI, is it a bad airline or something like that? So they've got this impression of it. And rather than go back and go, well, that's kind of not the way it happens, you say, well, that's interesting because I felt that the first time I went, I also thought that. But let me explain how it works and I'll get the app. And I would say, you see that three million that I've passed, that's not business that's directly necessarily from the members. It's from the people that they know. And see that 1.8 million that I've received, that's from not from the members. That's from their network. So in fact, the more you sell to that network, the worse it is. 
these people are all salespeople. And here's the one agreement that I have with members that I work with. I will never sell to you if you don't sell to me. Is that okay with you? And they go, great. So it's not a selling thing. Mm -hmm. It's now a collaboration thing. Um, so I would explain it because a lot of people don't know what it is. And because there's, I mean, when we started in 1999, well, I mean, I was thinking 1996 in the UK, there was the Chamber of Commerce and Business Network. And now you have every Tom, Dick and Harry doing stuff. And it's totally fine. I mean, it's great because it, it works for different people. I always say that the strong accountability part and the, the background that BMI's got will last for years, which is now 75 countries and 300,000 members. So I believe in that stuff. But back then, people had no reference. So it was like, oh, what is that? That's new. Now we've got negative references from every network that happened because everybody thinks that everything's being I. So I think you have to um, explain it in a positive way. Now, I did listen to the podcast with you and Ivan, by the way. So you, uh -oh. you, I, I love him. <laughs> he's, a, he's a good friend of mine. I used to run you for Ivan and we'd spend some time in his house and stuff. He's a real, real gem. Um, and I think the, the, the concept itself scares people because they they always think that they have to give. They always think that they are some sort of dictatorship behind the thing. Mm. And that dictatorship is led by the franchisee. If you have a good franchisee in the region that has good empathy, good positivity, those chapters will be saved. If you have a franchisee that, that wants to rule the world, like a Bond villain, then that cascades right down to the chapters. So you have to get that flow where people feel it's a good place to come. It's an easy place to come. So the more you can explain that to them, like, you know, you've probably got all these misconceptions. Do me a favor and come and see it and then only tell me afterwards what you think. Because once they see it, they go, that's amazing. I didn't understand how that works. Mm. So it's an, it's an education, I think, Darren, rather more than anything else. Yeah. I mean, buy them alcohol, buy them a drink or something. That's always a good way to get people to come to be in my meetings. Buy them a glass of wine. Yeah, I, I I invited um, a number of cleaners recently because we actually need a cleaner for our office, and I thought I want one that's going to come to B and I that we're going to be able to pass on to other businesses. Uh, mm -hmm. So I invited a number of cleaners. I didn't tell them it was B and I because I think that's the best way to do it. I didn't tell them it was a referral meeting. I said come to this meeting and, and we can introduce you to our colleagues and, and discuss this. She she actually told me afterwards she had no idea what it was going to be. Had she known what it was, she wouldn't have gone. Mm -hmm. But she loved it, and she joined. Yeah. So I'm I'm well chuffed with that. I'm well chuffed with that. I'm now targeting the, each set. Yeah, I mean, that's the best way because you're not hiding it, but because of misinterpretation and miscommunication, is that, if you, you know, I, I like we, we do a thing in the office. See, this is the, uh, uh, one of our two offices. And we do a thing called Be and I Love. B and I love we bring we bring fifteen new members every month that have just joined to the office, and we help them with their presentations. We help them think a little bit about being. It's not a member success program. It's literally three hours that we spend with them to get them to know us and share the stories and, and things like that. And I said to them, "Okay, invite me to B and I," and they go, "Oh well, so we're going to turn up at six thirty. You're going to have to come every week. You're going to have to do a presentation." Like, oh, I'm not going. What do you mean? So I'm not coming. It sounds like a horrendous thing. Why would I want to do that? 6.30. I don't get up until 8 o'clock. Uh, oh, so how do you do it? And I said exactly what you do. Because if you, 
the, the challenge is everybody gets so enthusiastic about this BNI thing, they don't care. If you're too enthusiastic, they think that you're, you're making money out of it. So I'm really casual. I'm saying, like, do you need more business? Or could you handle more business? I could actually, great. Look, I've got a really good network of people that I'd like to introduce you to. Um, I'll, I'll send you an invitation to the meetings. Like, okay, yeah, great. Nothing else. Nothing else. Because if they don't like you, they're not going to come. Hmm. And you're giving them, like, if you think about that question that lady asked me, that introduction could change their life or their business for, you know, for the good forever. So by overselling it and being too enthusiastic, you're actually doing them an injustice by not inviting them in the right way. And it's not sneaky. It's not like, you know, we're trying to hide being like, no, it's just people just don't get it. You put them in a room and they, and they look at that, you know, that whole contribution part, man, that's, that's on fire. When I first seen those slips of paper, because it was all paper when I was, yeah. I was doing it, that paper was really incredible. Someone was gone out of their way to find someone's business and they're handing it over. And I do struggle with the digital stuff because it's kind of like kids, it's lost. And corporate connections that we that we own here, I'm considering putting back the paper. I don't know if you, do you ever remember the paper slips? No? Oh, I do. Yeah, I was there for the paper. Yeah. I love it. So, I mean, for the audience, it's the white part goes to you. Mm. I come and shake your hand, give us a hug or a kiss, whatever how big it is the middle part stays the committee so that they measure it and then the yellow part stays with me and i had a guy in porto who's one of my best franchisees for he's been with us for 20 years coming up and he would keep a folder with all of the yellows that he passed and he would check back and say darren so i passed you this one here and three months ago what's happening oh yeah i got it great and back then there was no real thank you for the business tracking on any digital scale. It was just like, kind of, we've done this. It was like, it was like a bit like uh, that. And he tracked it. And if we all had that again, I think that interaction of a handshake, and of course we've got COVID and stuff, so you can't handshake people anymore or even kiss them mm. in case you get, you get something. <laughs> so the digital stuff is good, but I also am a bit of a old fashioned traditionalist with those, some of those actions. You remember that when you seen that in the meeting, that's yeah. a magical moment right there. So we're, we're going to be doing that in Portugal. Oh, that's, that's interesting because yeah, it, it was real theater and we know when we lost the paper slips, there are a lot of members that thought the contribution section is going to go flat. It's going to lose the theater of mm-hmm. somebody actually coming out into the middle and passing the slips around. And it, it made visitors really pay, pay attention because you could physically see referrals going back and forth across the room. Yeah. Um, we've tried to maintain some of the theatre. So when we stand up and dis- discuss what we've passed, we encourage people to tell a story about how that referral came about so that it'll encourage other members to think, oh, I haven't thought about that. I could do it that way as well. Yeah. So we try to bring a bit of the theatre. But the fact you're bringing the paper stuff back, that's really interesting. I know there's a lot of members in our group would, would think, absolutely, we want that. Equally, there's going to be other people that think, no, we can't do it. It's the whole GDPR thing. Yeah, I wouldn't do it with BNR. BNI is too big. Like we've got groups that are 50 plus members that are passing 120 slips a week. They would That's not for BNI. We're talking about corporate connections. Ah, I see. So, so corporate connections is for businesses that turn over more than 5 million. So one transaction in that room, for example, we have a member in Birmingham. We just launched a brand new group in the UK in Birmingham. 
And one member there has given uh, a referral to a charity who's a member of the group, which is worth 300,000 a year to him. So what I would love is for him to be able to stand up and give that to him and him to go, oh my God, that's a life change. I mean, it's a, he's been running the business for a long time, the charity, but that one gift will literally transform his business. So I don't want to lose any of that mm. magic, not because I want the other visitors to see it. I want them both to stand up and appreciate it. And because the referrals will be lower uh, in corporate connections in terms of quantity, but the volume will be much higher. I think it's about making sure that you respect them. So, but I think BNI is digitally sound. It's too mm. far. You're too far gone. Yeah. It might be like I love the fact that you're you're getting members to do that. So if there's a couple of good meaty referrals, certainly get them to explain it and you know highlight that. Make sure if you hear good thank you for the business stuff, get them to tell a story because it because otherwise it gets lost. I remember how bad I felt when. This was in Southport 17 years ago. So that's how much I'm still hurting, right? <laughs> I was in a group and some guy who I knew was very transactional, small referrals, right? So he stood up and said, I've got five referrals today. He's like, everyone went, yay. And I and, uh, clapped. And I've got, I've got one referral. I'm like, yeah, cheers. That one referral was worth Two point, was it 1.2 million or 2.1? Either way. And nobody recognized the fact that that one referral was for 52 kitchens for a guy who was a great, great member. And there was no congratulations, you know, because it was one referral. Mm. And I thought, this is wrong. This is not about the numbers. This is about quality. So if you can look at the stats and look at what's coming in, the people got good stories. It might even be worth highlighting the top three referrals and transactions that happened that week and make a fuss about that. Mm. Otherwise, you get lost in this numbers game. If people go, oh, we passed 100. Who cares? But how much money did they make? Or what was the conversion of that thing? So I'm much more into that type of networking. Yeah. That's why I, I, I was thanked for 3.2 million uh, because I know how to do it. The other thing might might interest the guys is that People will overcomplicate referrals. So, and I have a great system that works really well because of WhatsApp has been invented. It's brilliant. I kind of love it, but I also hate it. So what I'll do is, for example, if I if you're looking for a client that I know, I will talk to that person. I'll say, do you mind if I connect you with Darren? I think he's doing really good work here. I think there's a good synergy. No, not at all. I will set up a WhatsApp group with you and that person and I'll say, Darren, this is such and such. We've already spoke about you guys. I'm going to leave it over to you. So you've got three people now that have to be accountable to that conversation. Nobody replies to emails anymore. WhatsApp is instant and it's already there. And it's your responsibility now to have that two-way conversation. And I'll say, I don't need any replies on the WhatsApp. You guys continue with it and let me know how the relationship goes. Hmm. So you get almost a 99.9% response to that so if that's a good tip for people set up now gdpr is by email whatsapp is i've already got that relationship with the person anyway yeah and i've already asked them if it's okay so i've covered all the legal legal stuff on that but it's a brilliant system and i never sell you 
I never oversell you. I say, I think there's maybe good synergy. You guys should meet. I never say, that is amazing. It's unbelievable because that puts you in an awkward position because you're then going in and this guy's thinking you're, you're the top. But in fact, you want to be coming in just on a, on a yeah, easy, even keel, if that makes sense. So, and those referrals always come into the biggest returns. That's interesting. That's interesting. You, you, you say that. There's actually a, a member of another BNI uh, that I know that always introduces me that way. He uses WhatsApp. He's always creating little WhatsApp groups with him. Somebody's referring yeah. me to and me. Um, he's from Yorkshire, but he's in BNI in Malta now because he's moved over to to Malta. Okay. So yeah, I get a lot of international referrals from him. Um, what you were talking about about large referrals as well that that struck a chord with me this week because there were quite a few referrals that were passed around our group. But one of the members wanted to personally thank another member because they'd introduced them to a, I won't say the company, but it's a national garage chain to mm. do solar panels for, which if it comes off, it's going to end up doing solar panels for all of their garages across the whole of the UK. And that was one referral that's potentially worth millions of pounds. Yeah. So that was really exciting. That's the kind of thing that, that should stay, be championed. That needs to stay on the screen every single week. You know, because... That's where you have this transformational stuff that happens in groups that people often forget about. Mm. People have got short memories stuff. You know, when you look at, if you look back at what you've given and you look back at what you've received, you normally give more. Okay, you normally give more, but that's your fault. If you're not receiving, it's your fault. That's, that's an education thing. But as a group, when you talk about this big number, people go, that's just a number that's on the slide. So if you do that, you want to break down and say, we're going to share with you something that happened in this group. You don't even have to tell when it was. You just put it up and say, something happened. Here's the picture of the member that gave it. Here's the picture of the member that received it. And that's the scenario. Now, that is worth, how much do you think that's going to be worth? Oh, my God, right now it's going to be worth 80 grand, 100 grand, 200 grand. That's BNI. And by the way, that's one referral. That's one opportunity out of the many things that you see here every single week. And that kind of context in the meeting should be there on the slide every single week. And the members don't mind that it's a good story. Choose another one, but maybe choose a different story every week. But highlight that so people can really see the value of it. Otherwise, it becomes very quick and transactional. Mm-hmm. People lose the value. I love that. I think that's a fantastic idea. Take it. It's yours. I didn't. <laughs> Well, before people read the, listen to the podcast, tell them it's your idea. Okay, I'll tell them it's my idea. I'll tell them <laughs> no, it's my idea. Yeah. I make it from everybody else anyway. So and then if, if anybody doesn't question me, I'll know they haven't listened to the podcast. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I love that. I love the idea you've got as well that you talked about the, was it B&I Love, bringing new members together to show them uh, or basically go through how they invite other visitors. So that's separate from B&I training. That's not a, a recognized B&I training. That's just something you do with new members. Yeah, you have to think about the dynamic here. So we own six of our own regions in the country, and then we have other franchisees. So in that, in those six regions, we will invite. We we can only fit fifteen plus the team twenty in here on a, and it's almost the last Friday of every month in the morning. So it's a really, it's a really nice thing, and, and you also have to understand the dynamics of Portugal. I'm the boss. So the hierarchy is, if you meet me, it's like meeting the queen. <laughs> Crazy. I'm from Glasgow, working class kid. Can't believe it. So when they come in, I'm on the door. Like, I'm literally meeting them downstairs, taking them up. I make everybody a drink. 
I look after everybody. And then we have this casual session where it's not about member success or it's not about visitors. We spend most of the time talking about them and their strategic alliances and their target market so we get them prepped to be uh, to receive business. And then, so that goes from 9.30 till 12. The oldest members in the regions come back, come between 12 and 1, and we do a brunch, like a lunch. So we get the table set up, all the foods are ready for them. And they come in, and there's maybe 10 of those. So there's guys that are like 15 years, 13 years, 10 years. And before they leave, before the new members leave, because we kick them out at 1, but the first 50 minutes before one o'clock, we ask those existing members who've been in it for like like you and say, just give your give these guys a piece of advice. And it's brilliant because when you're looking at someone who's got 13 years and you've just joined, and they say you won't get any business in the first six months. That's what they say, or whatever. I don't agree with that, but that's what they say. So stick with it. The members then have an expectation of listening from other members, or they say, actually, what you should do is do this. So we don't know what they're going to say. In fact, I don't even understand it because it's in Portuguese, but <laughs> they just say it. And the members are like, oh, so good to meet you. And we network with them by that hour. We kick the new members out at one o'clock. I have this wonderful statement that says, I love you, but go. Because they, they never leave because they're all buzzing. I said, I love you, but go. And then we spend the next two hours with those uh, seasoned members. I'm not saying they say old members. And just say, how are you? What are you doing? How's it working? What's happened? How can we help you? What can we do? How can we connect you? Because these people have given their lives for the last 10 years. So it's our job as franchisees to listen to them and, and open doors. So if we can, because I have a massive network now, and I work at the university as a professor, and I've got access to big companies. I say, how can we help you? What are you looking for? And we do a very similar target market thing. And then they get a chance to network with each other because they're coming from different parts of the country. So it's networking. It's pure, casual inspiration. We love them. We hug them, hug the new members, hug the, the old members and thank them for coming. So we're exhausted. We finish about four o'clock on the Friday. But I, I, I go home on that Friday and I sit in Elaine, my wife, I said, today was a good day. We met 25 members physically face-to-face because everybody misses that. And I felt we made a difference today. And they go back to the groups and say they're raving about it because the hierarchy, but also the fact that I screwed it up for a long time. I'm going to give them all the things to 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 do to make it right for them. So they end up becoming better, better members. Mm. So they do all the member success training and all that sort of stuff. But this is just loving people. And we've been, so we've been running that for a year. And they seem to like it. So it's good. That sounds a fantastic idea. Because one of, one of the big problems that we've got, I mean, Ivan touched on this as well, that new members don't tend to stick around unless they bring other visitors into the room who join. That makes them almost certainly that they're going to renew, that they're going to stay. So mm-hmm. if you're helping new members in how to invite other people to the group, that dramatically increases the chances that they're going to stay. Because we've had a lot of new members over the years in, in our chapter who maybe they'll last eight, 12 weeks, maybe three months, and then they leave. Some of them are because they get overwhelmed with B&I. Some of them because they don't understand what it is they're supposed to be doing or what it is they're being asked to do. 
Uh, we've got a passport program, which I presume you've got in, in Portugal as well. We don't use it here, but I know about it. Yeah. Right. Well, interesting. Interesting. Um, but I think it's it's imperative that we do something else, something more to help the new members to to get them to understand what it is that BNI should be doing for them and what they should be doing for BNI. And what you've described there sounds like a fantastic idea. Well, catching them early, I think, is important. And, you know, the very strong on systems here, the Portuguese are brilliant on operational stuff. They're really creative, but they're also really detailed. So we have the mentoring program. So someone gets allocated and every single week they go through a process. So that tends to catch them early. I think our retention is maybe... Seven to eight percent across the country, so it's not it's not an issue. I think if you look at the the global value, it's it's a pretty good one. And um, we have one chapter which has got a hundred percent retention. That's also an issue because it becomes a clique. Mm. You know, they become a group of people that never leave and do. Are they more mates than business? You know, that's debatable. I think catching people early and helping them with their business early will we'll show them that but you know it's the nature of the business you know you know if you think about our members they're in business most of them are on their own or maybe got one or two people they don't have a lot of cap- capacity and time to do stuff bni takes commitment to to go so if they're not into that and it's not they're not getting the right flow they'll easily dip out I think if you lose that member, you probably lose, I think, a big part of them will leave within the first six months. Mm. So if you can really do everything you can. But that's also a chapter-focused thing. Like, you know, I would, if you've got new members that come and you know that they're going to leave in six months if they're not being paid attention to, then feature them. You know, are you using the three to four minute for a new member? We are, yes, but... um a lot of new members don't want to do it because they're worried about public speaking for four minutes. A lot of them are apprehensive about 60 seconds. Great. So get someone else to do it with them. So do it as a... So when we... In, I'm not sure if all the groups do it, but it was, an, it was a Portuguese invention. Uh, and by the way, they invent a lot of stuff. So, they, so when a new member joins, at the front of the room, you have... The, when they do the induction... You have the person that invited them, the member, the mentor, and they then introduce that member as this is so the, the the person who invited them says, this is why I'm bringing this person to the group. I'm really delighted that they join. And the mentor said, my commitment is to make sure you get all this. So that mentor should do that three to four minutes with them to give them that elevation because mm. it is tough because... I would say, by the way, it's not just new members. I, I go to b and meetings all the time. And I would say that 75% of the members are not using it properly. Why? Small business don't have time in their perception. They rock up to b and thinking it's easy. They don't prepare their presentations. Six seconds before they stand up, I start to think about what they say. Six seconds after they sit down, they regret what they said because it wasn't <laughs> that good. But it's fun anyway. It's a good breakfast and it's, it's a good laugh. Mm. And that's totally fine. But the 25% that rock it and do really well are going and they're flipping their presentation from saying, and by the way, this is what we teach them at BNI Love. 
every presentation you hear will start with your name, the company, what you do, and everything like that. And then you squeeze in a very, very, very small, this is what I'm looking for, stop. And we're really dramatic about it, stop, and we put it on the wall with the flip charts and stuff. Flip that on its head. And the first thing you want to start with is, good morning, sales team. I need your help. I'm looking for people in this industry, that industry, and that industry. Specifically, a client that I'm looking for is this one. Why? Because I do this for them and it works really well. Thank you. My name is Darren. Mm. If you do that, the chances are people start to go, I know them. I know them. I can connect you with them. And that's why I say 75%. And um, I say some groups are brilliant at it, but I, I think across the board, every time I go to a Zoom or something like that, I'm thinking, there's absolutely no point of you even being here today because one, you're not focused on the others. You haven't prepared it. So that's our job as, a, as franchisees to try and give that people the information. But, you know, BNIs like herding cats. They're entrepreneurs, so we can't tell them what to do. So yeah. if they if they come back and say it's not working, I'll say that's fine. It's your fault, first of all. So let me fix what you're doing. And then if you can fix that, you'll do well. And we, we need to create that place where the, the door is open so they can come in and feel it's not working. What am I doing wrong? Let me tell you, what, let me hear what you're saying. Okay, that's why. Mm. By the way, you've given no referrals in six months and you were late 25 times and you've missed six meetings. Oh, does that impact you? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so totally fine. Leave or let's fix this bit because I did the same myself. I screwed it up. I sold to everybody that didn't make any money. So as long as they know that and you can say it in a funny way without being, you know, this narcissistic uh, dictatorship which i think is there unfortunately i think people get get way above themselves they get this high mighty thing because they're they've been being alive for a long time or the director that they feel that they are rulers of the world we're not you need to treat people like you would treat your your family and friends if your group has that and it loses the arrogance that's potentially there the members will stay longer so just hug those members and keep them for a bit more and spend a, more, a bit more time on them. Mm. That would be my advice. <laughs> I've got so many questions going through my head now. I don't know which one to do first. Um, I think one thing I, I spoke with Ivan about, which I'm quite passionate about, and he completely disagreed with me, but you've kind of said that you do this as well. Um, so I'm, I'm, I want to know how you differ now. It was about thank business. Because I think it's important that when you're in a meeting, that as a visitor, the visitor sees that a particular member in a similar position to them has actually earned a genuine referral that's turned into real business that they can see that's tangible. Whereas the vice president standing up and saying, we've passed £560,000 in business in the last six months, is a number that doesn't mean anything to anybody. So I said that to Ivan, and Ivan said, you you shouldn't be adding stuff to the meeting because that's not part of the meeting. But you have this thing, you say, well, you put it on the screen that a member earned this particular referral and that's what it's worth, which is adding stuff to the meeting. So is it that Ivan is looking at this from an American perspective and things are different in the UK, things are different in Portugal? Or is it that we should be evolving it so that we're putting things in that we think is going to help people to understand B&I better and grow their business? Yeah, I mean, Ivan's amazing. He built this thing. He built the machine, and the risk is that 
and I know this because of my own personal experiences, that if you are playing with this machine too much, mm. it will break. And I know that because I did a lot of stuff. Like I, I introduced, thank you for the the business box. There was a box. Do you remember the box? I do, yeah. You brought I, that in. I invented that box. Oh, wow, okay. I got a guy in Manchester to design the box. It was all plastic. It was like a plastic box. Mm. I invited the cards and all that stuff. And these things are great, but they also have downsides where what happens if the box goes around and no one puts anything in it? It looks really bad. So there's you've got to balance these ideas against great ideas. And Ivan talked about bright, shiny, shiny objects. He did. Worst for the last you know two decades in BNI, I'm the worst person for bright, shiny objects because I, I need that new ideas, creativity. I, I kind of feed on that. But... If I put an idea in and all of our groups do it, it could be a detriment of business to the, the core values, the core, the core thing. So here's my style. My style as a national director is I trust my franchisees to make good decisions. Am I going to go to the meeting and ticky box and say, well, you know, I wouldn't put that text on slide 24? No, because I trust my franchisees. And if my franchisees are doing stuff that's working, then I'll share it with the other franchisees. Ultimately, though, it comes down to the four M's. Is the thing that you created there helping members making more money? Because if it extends the meeting and it's a load of talk and waffle but no one's making any money, then why the hell are you doing it? So you have to, the KPI of any ideas is, is it helping the members make more money? So by highlighting, thank you for the business, it does, because people say, oh, my God, I could do that. I mm. want to be the guy that gets recognized for that, so therefore I'm going to thank to do it. You know, the WhatsApp education moment to do referrals, it definitely helps members make more money. So if you can have a core aim, is there any ideas that you bring in, as long as it stays with those four M's, do it. Because there's a lot of stuff that comes into the meetings. It's a lot of nonsense. It's like, why the hell are we doing that? It's like, why? Oh, well, we're kind of bored with the agenda. It's because you're not doing the agenda right. Mm. Do, it and do it in the right way. And a lot of it's about style anyway, you know. So, um, and you also have to think about where Ivan's coming from. Is it's not, you're talking about chapters under 20 to chapters that are 220. A chapter of 220 will not have the same operational movement as a chapter of under 20. And I went to a chapter of 228 members. There's no way they can do any of the stuff that you're doing. No. <laughs> Where's so, that? It's in India. It's in India. And they, what, they, what they have to do is run six different meetings. So that everybody comes at the beginning, but then they split and they listen to their power teams. And they come back. So it works. It's seamless. It works. But you cannot implement a new idea that takes too long. Otherwise, you're adding one hour to the meeting. So you, it's, it's contextual in terms of which country it is because of culture. You know, it's also about the size of the groups. It's different phases of where the groups are. So that's why I give the franchisees the authority to, to do it. And if they screw it up, it's their, it's their fault. That's like totally fine. But, but four M's, if the members are making more money, great. If it's not, Stop doing it mm. and stop inventing stuff because there's too much to do. In fact, the wonderful thing 
about the difference between BNI and corporate connections. Corporate connections have way less stuff to do because the people there don't have much time. So it's much, it's scaled down. And we we don't just focus on referrals. It's, there's, there's three different pillars of that. But it's seamless and simple is one of the core values. So the more we can keep it seamless and simple, the better. Sometimes the challenge with BNI is that leadership teams get enthusiastic and pile a load of stuff on them. Ivan did a wonderful presentation on a thing called feature creep, hmm. which was, do you remember the Nokia 3310 phone? I remember it very well. Uh, snake, calculator, and phone. It worked like a dream. So now we've got all these other ones. I think Tesla's bringing the phone out now. But, so you've got all these other things that have added onto it. B&I was the Nokia 3310. Now it's some sort of flippy Samsung-y thing with colors and belts. And it's difficult to manage that beast. So keep the basics well. If you're going to introduce something, make sure it's just piloted, but it has to have the four things that members making more money. Otherwise, it's just creativity for creativity. So, and by the way, I, I apologize to the world because I brought a lot of ideas that may not have worked. So that's, <laughs> my mother would have been proud of me. <laughs> awesome. Um, one other thing I wanted to, to ask about, we're, we're running out of time now, so I want to get this one in. Uh, something, again, I talked about with Ivan was core groups. Um, I said to Ivan, I think launching a core group is one of the most difficult things within B&I. He immediately disagreed with me and said, no, it's not. It's very easy. Um, but I think he was just <laughs> he was just against me by that point. Um, what's your advice to uh, franchise owners launching core groups? Well, launch them. Launch them, oh. yeah. Good advice. Good advice. Thank you for that one. <laughs> we set up a... We... So we went from a dozen groups to very, very quickly, 50 groups to 90 groups. And then we plateaued for a long time. I'll tell you why, because you, when you're managing 100 so groups, it's a lot of operational stuff and you're, you're in the groove. But the original idea of opening a lot of groups gets lost because you're managing, you're managing the data and the people and everything. So you take your eye off the ball. So I said to the Portuguese team, I said, right, uh, we need to go to the next level now. And the next level is we need to break the, the four-minute mile barrier and launch a group as fast as possible. So we're going to do it ourselves. We don't expect you to do it, but we're going to figure out a way to do it. And um, we launched a group called Be and I Smile. They do that, by the way, because it's run by a dentist. And it's <laughs> called Be and I Smile. And it gets the guys to sign up to who are the members of the group, but all that Be and I Smile. It's really hilarious. So... He launched that group to 21 members in five hours. Five hours? Five hours. Because we told them that the quickest group that was ever launched was about five or six weeks. So we want you to be the fastest group um, in Portugal launching. And he said, you've got five hours. So okay. So you think about the dynamic of this, okay? He knew he had five hours. So that's five one-hour meetings. No more than one hour. You don't need to, how much time do you need to talk about BNI? And what happened was he gathered the people and inspired them to join the fastest growing group in Portugal. That's one thing. Why do I want to be part of this group? Because it's the fastest growing group. Great. Now, what's going to happen? We're going to get to this number, then we're going to launch. Okay, what is that number? That's That number is 20. Great. How do we do it? Do that. Okay. Everybody in, make it easy. So you create this 
energy and this joy and this this almost like this kind of like wanting to do it. And he, and he just invited, 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 invited. Most of the people came from him. And he did it. Now, there's a guy, amazing guy called Yash Vasant in India. If you have a look at Yash's work. Yash is a machine. And he said most groups that launch, they always launch on the last 90 days or last nine days or something. Why don't you just flip it and do all the work, the really heavy work on the first nine days and people won't get bored out of their minds sitting and listening to the same presentation for a Because there's some groups that have been going for a year, 18 months, listening to the same presentation. So you have to set that mindset yourself as a franchisee or as a director consultant and say, okay, and you have to tell the audience, we have a chance. We could sit for six to nine months and really get to know each other, have a lot of breakfast and have like five or six people or nine people. Or we could be the fastest growing group in the UK. What do you want to do? Okay, fastest growing group in the UK. Okay, let's go for it. But we need to just work really hard in the next three weeks. Okay, let's do it. How do we do it? For example, and this is such a this is such a missed opportunity. So this this hasn't got the address on it because I'm waiting for the address, but this is a, a written invitation for Corporate Connections. Okay. A physical written invitation. So I sign the top personally with the name and I and the, the bottom. I put it inside an envelope. I put a yellow sticker on the top that says it's something related to when they open it, they know it's from me. And the invitation is specific for an event. They've already had a WhatsApp. They've had an email, but they receive a physical invitation in the post. Why? Because nobody's doing it anymore. When I launched BNI in Liverpool, we had 160 people at the first launch. The accountant sent 86 invitations, Neil Hogan. 86 letters were written for that launch. So if people knuckle down and do the WhatsApp, the email, and letters, you'll launch the group within a month. But they don't. What happens is you go, have you got anybody? No. Hmm. Everybody, yeah, I've got two, two cancelled in the morning. Well, that's not leadership. Let's do it. Let's spend an hour doing the invitations. So I sent 10 invitations. This was for, we've got a, an event in Lisbon on the 8th of September. So I did the letter. I went to Staples yesterday, got it printed in really beautiful paper, bought the prepaid envelopes from the post office. I went home last night. It took me 20 minutes to write the hand, handwrite the addresses, sign them, post it. 20 minutes, those eight people will all come. Those 10 people, sorry, will all come. Why? Because nobody's receiving personal letters anymore. So we've gone full circle. When I did it back in 1999, when we launched Liverpool uh, Alpha and Beta together, nobody received these letters. We've lost that. Everyone's thinking digital. No, no, you need to go back to physical letters. So if you want to launch a group, get five or six people together and say, this is how we're going to do it. Here's the invitation letter. This is the day. We're going to have a sense of urgency. Let's go and do it. Mike Holman, by the way, is your new national director for the UK. Do you know that? I do, yeah. yeah. I brought Mike into BNI in St. Helens. He was my uh, golfing uh, mate at the golf club. He is going to transform what happens in core groups in the country. That'll be interesting. He's brilliant. He's brilliant. And I think we have over... BNI has become future quick. It's too many things. It's too mm. many stuff. Choose the things that work and just use them. Mm. 
and being madly enthusiastic. Dan, I've been in this business for 23 years. I'm as enthusiastic today as I was back then, but I've learned a lot of stuff along the way, a lot of mess-ups. So choose what works, do it really well, but do it consistently. See, I, I was in a core group back in 2012 in Ellesmere Port, and it was online for about, sorry, it wasn't online, it was around for about 18 months. Mm-hmm. And there was me, there was the accountant, and there was the director consultant who were the ones bringing visitors regularly. Nobody else in the group was doing it, which is why it didn't launch. I ended up basically having to wait for another, because I'm in digital marketing. The slut seats don't come up very often in digital marketing. There's always somebody in a group doing that. I had to wait for a group to come up, which is why I'm now in BNI Chester. I'm helping our uh, director consultant launch another core group now. It's proving very difficult. It's in the same area as the one I was in, and I'm seeing the same mistakes. There's one or two people in the group who are bringing visitors regularly or inviting visitors regularly, and everyone else is literally just turning up, having their breakfast, doing a 60 seconds, and then going away again. Now, when we first did our core group back in 2012, one of the mistakes that um, our DC pointed out was that we brought too much of B&I into it and made it too much of a B&I meeting and didn't focus on making it a core group. So we were doing the 60 seconds, we were doing the contribution section, how much of that actually do you have in core groups? Or is it literally a presentation about BNI? Let's get people in here so we can launch it. Um, five minutes on BNI and the rest of it on their target market and their strategic alliances and how they're going to get business. And then 25 minutes on the application form. The problem is you're running a BNI meeting with a very small amount of people that will never show what BNI is. Yeah. So you. So in that meeting, because it's one hour, we basically say, look, welcome, this is me, that I've been doing this for 23 years, da, da, da. it's in the office or it's online or whatever, this is what we do, um, this is international. We're all, I show them the stats, we're making $125 million a year for the members, how does it work, here's the app. Okay, brilliant. You're about to join one of the uh, most exciting groups in the country, but first of all, it's all about you. Let's work on your target market. So on the flip chart, on the wall, we've got these sticky walls. So your name and your strategic alliance and the right target market. Who are you looking for? How can we help you find business? And we do it with everybody. We spend two or three minutes with them. We find in their presentation. That's great. Who in the room thinks that you can help each other? I do. Great. That's the referral part, which will come afterwards. But we've got to form a group first. Once you form a group, then you've got it. And by the way, so we only have one profession per uh, group. So we'd like to ask you a question because we don't have a lot of time. Darren, are you in? Yes, I know it's okay for me. What do you say? Mm. What do you say? Give me a yes or a no. I think it would be a yes. Brilliant. That's great. Thank you so much. So we're going to do the application form with you after that. Okay, so you go to Sally. Sally says no. Sally, I respect the decision. Thank you very much. Next, John, you're in. Brilliant. And we do that five times. Problem is, you're dancing around the conversation. Mm. Well, it's really good, and we do that, we do that. Now, look, you know what? We haven't got time. We are, you're either in or not. And the one thing that the application form is, only join and apply if you're going to be as contributory as everybody else. And that means get people to this room. We'll teach you how to do it, but are you prepared to do that? Yeah, I'm happy to do that. If you do it in a short space of time, it's okay. If you do it over a year, it's boring as hell. Yeah. 
So you have to have that urgency. It's like everything. There's no urgency with it or no desire to do it. You won't get bored. But I, I like I talk to Mike um, almost every week. Uh, him and I are like, like bro, we've got like a bromance going. So I'm really delighted that he's national director. And he's told me about some of the things that he's doing. He's actually learning a lot about what's happening in the UK because you talk to Ivan about differences, mm. different regions and things like that. So he's trying to, trying to figure out what people are actually doing. And when it goes back into it, it'll be create excitement, create a, a sense of pride of BNI, but keep it keep it simple. Um, so the fact that we launched that group, we actually we launched so we launched a group of in five hours, and we launched six groups that month because the others went. I've got a core group that's been sat there for a year. I said, get it launched. So they went in. They said, right, we're launching, and they got two weeks launched. So if you if you I mean, it's a funny statement. There's a guy, it's probably not the best context for the podcast, but he's a lovely guy. He's, um, oh, God, I forget which country it is. Anyway, he came and did a presentation and said, here, here it is about inviting visitors. If I held a gun to your head and said, you have to invite visitors, would you do it? He said, yeah. So why don't you just do it? And I know that's a bit extreme. But at the end of the day, if you get me to do it, I'll spend 20 minutes to do it. I'll, I'll do it. You have to get that urgency of that team to do it. And if someone's not prepared to do it, let them go. You know what? Thank you, but we're going to refund your money because you haven't given anything to the group. Mm-hmm. You can't sit here and take from the group if the rest of the group's going. Now, but that, that's not a conversation you give them five weeks down the line, Dana. That's a conversation you say in day one. We all will grow this group together. The groups that survive are the ones that invite well. The groups that die are the ones that take and don't do anything. Don't join for breakfast. If you want to join for breakfast, go join some other thing. Let's go for it. And don't do it in a negative, autocratic way. Do it in a positive. Let's let's just get on and do it. And that's how we we were the most successful region in the world in Merseyside. We grew grew more chapters. We launched six chapters in six months. John Haynes joined my team, launched another seven chapters. Uh, So under two years, we had about 15 chapters. No one ever in the world had done that because it takes... Bloody-minded enthusiasm and good fun. That's how you start chapters. I love it. I do. I love it. First day I went in there because they asked me to help out. I I went in no no warning whatsoever. They asked me to do an education slot on inviting visitors. So I had to pull that out basically at the time, and I told the whole story about the original chapter in 2012 that I was in and essentially said what you just did then you know about if you're not going to help out there's no point you being here there's three things you need to do first one's turn up second one's bring visitors and the third one is to be make success within your business as a result of doing that straight away somebody left which some people thought well that's not very good he's come in he's just there's a visit there's a member just gone straight away and well, no, that, that's actually what we want yeah. because they listened to what I said and thought well I can't do that I'm not going to do it and they'd never brought a visitor anyway, and they were gone straight away, which I think is a success, which is what Ivan said as well. He was brutal about it, saying, you know, yeah, if he, people aren't working, then just get rid of them. Give them their application form back, give them their money back, and wish them well. Okay, but I, I also think it's how you do it, you know, and that, that's why it's that, it's that option. When I said, because I think this was the defining moment of that group, it was, guys, there was maybe 16 people in the room, and I said, I have a question for you. I don't have a lot of time. You probably don't either. We need a yes or a no because we're going to build this fast group. So I don't mind if it's a no, 
but I need to know. Are you in? Great. Put the name on the board. Okay. You're in. Brilliant. Are you in? Yes, I'm in. Are you in yet? Uh, no, it's not for me. Totally respect it. Take the name off the board. Okay. And out of that first meeting, 12 people were in. You did the applications for 12 people, right? Next week, we're going to bring these people here. Guys, get involved. And it was like 21 people. Mm. We've already got 12 in one meeting. Now our goal is to get to here. And it took them five hours, five of those meetings. I think they launched on the fifth one. So it was four hours plus the launch. Wow. Urgency. Positivity, urgency, enthusiasm. And you have to focus on them. The challenge is you're trying to sell a concept of BMI. You don't need to. They need to understand what it means to them. That's why I do the target market strategic alliances with them. But don't want to be an entity. They don't need to see it. They don't care about that yet. It's too it's too early for them. No, I completely agree. I completely agree. I wish I'd been there from the start, to be honest with you. We've not had any arguments in this podcast. So that's a good we, we've not. No. Well, I, th- I think well, I think we're in complete agreement about everything. It's strange, isn't it? Bring Ivan in. Yes, it's that Ivan. He's just a troublemaker, I think. You're not Ivan. Sorry if you're listening. You're not. Um, as as a final question, so I'll, I'll let you get off because obviously you're enjoying the, the shutdown there in Portugal, probably because it's too hot, I imagine. It's roasting. It's 35 degrees. I'm in my air-conditioned office, thank God. But, and I put a jacket on and a shirt just for you. Otherwise, I'm in my casuals because it's too hot for me. I'm a Glaswegian, for God's sake. It's like being in the tropics. So. <laughs> Appreciate that. As, as a final question, um, if somebody wants to get in touch with you or get in touch with uh, any of your, your regions or reach out to BNI in Portugal, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, so, I mean, if they want to visit groups, go through the normal visit, visit group thing. Uh, 99% of our groups are in Portuguese, so if they expect to listen to their English, it's not going to happen. If anybody's visiting Portugal, let us know where you're going and we can connect with some of the members. Um, I'll be in the UK. I'm going back in the UK every, probably every two months. I'm always up and down the country. And what I what I will do is anybody that's listening to this um, podcast that wants to start a group or is in a group that's not going, book an hour of Zoom with me and those members, or those core members, and we'll flip that group around because that's kind of what I'm good at about giving them that information. And if they don't come to the Zoom, I'll tell you that they don't have the right group. Mm. So, um, and we've done that four times in the last two months and the groups have launched because it's just a little bit about that experience and that tone about how to do it. Um, but we have 14 franchisees here that run the region. So don't come don't come to me, go to them. Mm. Otherwise it ends up getting filtered through <laughs> If you come to Porto to enjoy yourself, then spend a lot of money. The economy is booming. It's, it's going on. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, thank you very much, Terry. I uh, really appreciate you being on the on the podcast today. I've enjoyed our conversation thoroughly. Give my love to Elsmere Port and the members there. <laughs> Absolutely will. Thank you. Oh, oh, oh.